Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of The Cosmic Circle, the official podcast of The Cosmic Circus. On today's episode, we will be discussing Marvel Studios' Secret Invasion. I know everybody has some difficult opinions, or some of us are trying to defend it, but we are gathered today to talk about it. My name is Brian Kitson, head writer at The Cosmic Circus, and joining me today is Isla Ruby, Anthony Flagg, and Uday Katara. How are we doing, everybody? Hi guys, Isla Ruby. I'm so happy to be here and I'm not hosting today, so it's all Brian. Hey. Oh boy. Hey, it's Anthony. I'm really excited to be here because uh, it's three against one and that's always fun. And uh, we don't always get this opportunity, so let's see what happens. It's not a cage match, you know. <laughs> I got you for one hour. I brought Ooh. chairs. <laughs> this is Uday. I feel like it is a cage match and I'm excited for it. All right, so welcome to the WWE SmackDown Secret Invasion Edition. Um, and with that, we're just going to get started. So obviously, it's been six weeks, six episodes, not six hours like they promised us. Um, and we're done. And we're, we're done with Secret Invasion on Disney+. Plus. So what is everybody's initial feelings about Secret Invasion? And Anthony, I want to start with you. You know, don't don't. Hit me over the head real, real hard, real quick. But give me what are your initial feelings or your impressions of Secret Invasion? This was probably the most forgettable thing I've seen in a minute. Is is the first thought? But so my typical routine is wake up in the morning and watch it on my phone. I know major crime, but I'm laying there in bed with Kylo, and then when I come home, I watch it seriously and really focused on the TV. I didn't do that once. I just watched it in the morning on my phone. Kind of just got it over with and maybe talked about it a little bit but i mean if that's kind of the reaction to it 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 wasn't strong like the only real bit was um what three weeks in a row with deaths that was the only thing that really shocked me and even then it wasn't that great of a delivery just throwing it out there you said it's the most forgettable thing that you've watched in a while and the flash was just in theaters i don't talk about him just mark just mark okay okay dark world or something you know i just had to clarify you know we've had some that's fair some you know smelly movies and theaters you just got to clarify all right isla lay it on me what is your thoughts all right so i have i have a lot of thoughts but i want to build off of what um anthony said because i think for me it's so true and i i can kind of illustrate that so I went to watch the last two episodes of um, of Secret Invasion, you know, this morning to catch up. And I'm thinking as I tune in, I'm like, oh, crap, I need to watch the whole series because I don't think I've watched any of this. And then I've looked at my, you know, my Disney, whatever, Disney login page and seen, oh, wait, I watched four episodes already. Like I just... I'm not invested at all in it. Um, so I will echo Red's thought that this is really super for- forgettable until like the last 10 minutes of the last episode, because that was cool. And I yes. think we'll get into that later. Um, I was really disappointed by Secret Invasion, actually. Oh, straight through the heart, twice in a row. Uday, finish finish it off. Mortal Kombat this. There's times so- I I have not loved some recent Marvel stuff, you know, but Secret Invasion for me unlocked a new emotion when it comes to Marvel projects, which is just pure unadulterated hatred. Um, I have never felt that about a Marvel project before. I put it on my rankings. 
I, I love the MCU. Like, even when the MCU is bad, it's still like a five out of 10. Like, Quantumania, five out of 10. Secret Invasion is the first thing to get a four. So, I just think Brutal. it's full of wasted potential. I think that, as everyone else is saying, it's extremely forgettable. And I'm just, I just, I don't understand how interesting concepts were executed so horribly that I don't care at all. And I don't think Marvel cares either because they're immediately dropping all of these story threads. I don't know that I agree with you that they're dropping everything, but. That, that, a little bit of an exaggeration. They're not going to drop everything because we know scrolls are in the Marvels, but I think, I strongly suspect they're dropping at least 80% of it, at least for the foreseeable future. And I think Secret Invasion just continues to be plagued with all of the problems of phases four and now five. You know, before we do go any further, obviously, spoiler warning, I forgot to do that earlier. Sorry, everybody. Um, but, you know, so we have three people who do not like it, and that's fine. They couldn't all be wrong. Um, but Marvel Secret Invasions, I think, is one of those shows that, like the Eternals, people hate it now. And when they come back to it in a year, it's going to be exaggerated how much they love it now everybody dissed the Eternals when it first came out and now everyone on Twitter is just talking about how it's the greatest the greatest film and the best thing they've ever seen and I think it's one of those things that it's such a change from the tone and that we've had of the MCU up to this point that everybody has been begging for a change and then when it was so much of a change everybody's like whoa buddy not that much of a change and there's a whole psychological theory I can get into later but um I personally liked it. I, is it my favorite Marvel project? No. Is it the worst Marvel project? No. That still belongs to Thor The Dark World. I think. I gotta rewatch the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so give me like a, three months. No, um, that's valid. That's valid. Follow closely by Iron Man 3, but for a different reason, because that film oh. just is... Okay. But, Iron Man 3 is amazing, and Thor 2 is better than Thor 1, so... I disagree with you on Iron Man 3. I think it's a Christmas movie. It's like, it's a classic. Um, but Brian, I want to say I love your optimism that you believe that Secret Invasion will be on Disney Plus in a year and for people to watch at all. So I, I oh just God. love that optimism. Listen, it's going to get not, willowed. It's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. Nothing Marvel's going Honestly, anywhere right now. If, if anything in the MCU was going to get willowed, I think it would be Secret Invasion. And I also just, I don't think it's just the tone that people didn't like. And to me, the difference between this and something like Eternals is that even when Eternals came out, it had a lot of diehard fans and people weren't like hating on it, hating on it. I thought a lot of fans were just really mixed on it, like mixed yep. negative, but not um, as negative as they're being with Secret Invasion. I just feel like, Every single week on Twitter, I only see one person out of the hundreds that I follow defending this show. And it's only and it's hit tweets on Twitter are like trashing on it. Brian. That one person is me. <laughs> I was going to say it's Brian, isn't it? It's actually not. It's someone else. So I guess that's two people out of the hundreds. <laughs> see, there's two of us. Believe it or not, everybody in my family loves this show. All of my nephews, wow. all of my sister, my mom, everybody's loving this show. This is hitting a lot of, of the spy vibes that I've wanted for from like i don't i think that's better with the spy vibes than even oh this is no. a really hot take this is you're gonna say winter soldier aren't you i'm about Captain to leave america winter soldier 
Wow. I'm leaving. Okay, it Winter Soldier nice isn't being your friend. Winter Soldier isn't even one of my favorite Marvel movies. I think it barely hits my top 10, but those are fighting words. And with that, you know, you you all have hurt my feelings with your negativity. So you have to say three nice things about this show. What did we like about the story? I want to know. Isla, give me what you liked about it, please. Come on. I do I do have things that I liked about it. Um, yes. So I liked Gaia. Um, because yes. I think she, and it's kind of couched in a little bit of a, a negative thing because I felt like she's the only character who actually had an arc and who actually mm-hmm. had any growth, maybe besides Fury's wife, if you're kind of going back. Um, you know, she started with this hatred of her father and by the end, you know, she had kind of bought into her father's um, worldview a little bit and, you know, changed a bit. Um, So I thought that was really well done. And I I loved it because it was character focused. Um, I really liked the last, let's say 10 minutes or so of secret invasion and not just because it was ending. Um, I thought that, um, so Derma um, Mulroney is, is fantastic. And he was president Ritson in this. um, And I thought his little turn, right, where he started to designate off-world folks as like enemy combatants or something. That was the secret invasion I wanted for the entire series. That was like classic spy, um, spy show, classic. Um, paranoia. Yeah, there was paranoia. There was something there. And I that was like what was missing the entire time. But I thought they did that really well. Um, and I liked the fact that um, Fury's wife was you know, she was, she was good, basically, right? She, all the time she had with him um, meant something. And at the end, you know, they go go off into their beam of light, which is like a callback to the comics, if I remember. Absolutely. All right, Uday, what did you like? I think the best part of the show by far is um, Vara and Fury. I thought that Vara was an incredible character. The actress, I believe it was, um, Charlene Woodard Woodward sorry Mm -hmm. um she did an excellent job and I thought their flashbacks were really good I loved the scene where they shot at each other I just think that like Fury and his wife are like the best I feel like it's it's one of the freshest and best things the MCU has done in, in a little while um but I do think that they're just surrounded by intense mediocrity and so it's hard to it doesn't make me enjoy the show as a whole at all when I have to struggle through so much of what I don't like or outright hate just to get to like things that I really, really love. And honestly, I guess it kind of reminds me of Wonder Woman 1984 in that way a little bit. Because in, in 1984, there were some things that I really, really loved. And then there were things I really hated in the same project. And Secret Invasion is like that for me. But on on both extremes like i what i don't like in secret invasion i hate so much more but what i like in secret invasion i love so much more okay that's fair anthony come on right. give me the good he, this is going to be the one you're gonna be like really this, this is the one i love the fact that roadie was a scroll okay okay i i like that good Somebody had somebody had to be a scroll, right? So, someone, somebody major that makes you go, damn, right? They yeah. told us about everyone else, right? They're like they didn't show, like they didn't um, show it to us, like they just flat out told us everyone was a scroll. 
but Rhodey as a scroll was probably my favorite thing out of all just because the implications for what he's missed out on now that he's been gone for eight years I don't know I'm not going to pretend to know the math of with MCU timelines anymore but that's a good amount of things he's missed if he missed the battle what there at Endgame because it's um, assumed that that was after Civil War because he was still in the hospital gown when they got him out of the stretcher so that means he missed some major stuff like Tony's funeral now he's got to find out that Tony's dead and his wedding what yeah and Tony's, Tony's wedding, wedding and his uh, kid. And the we- oh, yeah, and the wedding and the kid. Oh, my God, yeah. I didn't even think He's about that. He's missed a lot. Okay, okay. You know, I think that there was a lot of positives about this show, and you guys hit a lot of them. You know, Gaia is probably the best part of the show. Um, her emotional journey with her father, and even her mother, who you don't see, but you see all the emotion from this. As a psychologist, that first episode, I ate that up. That was fantastic. Um, Amelia Clark, fantastic actress. She killed it. I know that she's kind of one of those actresses that is in projects that you either love or you hate. There's not a lot of middle ground. So, of course, it's going to be divisive. Um, but I thought she was fantastic. And I loved the le- final battle and the catharsis that she gets from killing Gravik. I love the superpowers. I know that some people are making fun of like the tattoos of, um, oh my gosh, Drax and how that's part of his DNA. I thought it was a very, it's a very easy and interesting way to get people to know exactly whose DNA is rocking it. I'm not going to fault it for that. I thought that the relationship between Samuel Jackson, uh, Nick Fury, and uh, Priscilla, uh, Charlene Woodward, was fantastic. They had great chemistry. The, the scene where they shot each other, I actually got chills. Like, that was fantastic. That's exactly what I see in couples therapy all the time. <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> Um, you see the bullets, right? Each other? I mean, metaphorically, right? Yeah. It reminded me very much of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Um, the uh, scene in the, yeah, yeah, at yeah, the dining yeah. room table, you yeah. know, where like yeah, he thinks yeah, that yeah. he's poisoned and she has the knife, and like mm-hmm. it was like the like tension, but it was a little more dramatic. Mm-hmm. I liked the darker tone. I liked the little bit more adult themes. The thing that I have to say, which goes back to what Isla said, is that. This show could easily be taken out of the MCU and you wouldn't miss anything. There's nothing that propels the story forward, especially if the threads of the scrolls aren't continued on, which it does not sound like on some of the projects they are. I think that you'll see that they will start putting them in there. I think Kevin Feige is a lot smarter and he's not letting his uh, his shield drop with letting things like this disappear. But we'll have to see. I think, Brian, you brought up an interesting point too with, um, and I think, even carrying that on a little bit further with, so there's a moment where um, Fury tells Ritson that he's going to be a one-term president. I think that's something that we, like we know is going to come to fruition, right? Because if Thaddeus mm-hmm. Ross in um, Captain America, is it, it's Brave New World now? Yes, yes Brave yeah. New World. Absolutely. I mean, that's going to have impact. I can't imagine that there's not some mention of it come Brave New World. I think that there's going to be some mention right. I think that you're going to see more. I think that once we get into MI6, which we'll talk about the future a little bit later, um, or MI13, depending on which um, iteration they do, um, it's going to be very important. I don't think that Sonya and I don't think that 
uh, Gaia are going anywhere. I wish though they would have connected Gaia. I want to know who her person is because I feel like there's a bigger story there. And I don't know if that was once filmed and taken out or um, if that was just left on the cutting room floor of the writing. Do you mean the what person if it just doesn't matter? that she yeah. like took over the body for? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it does matter. You don't have someone as big as her. Fair enough. Which... But now I we get imagine to turn... that. Well, the... Brian, here's my thing. For, for someone who had to work in the shadows and everything that she's been doing, wouldn't it make more sense to have somebody who's more inconspicuous rather than anything? Sure. That's, that's just my thinking in this case because she's been trying to get around and infiltrate and that's what she's done and she's been low-key this whole time. You know. Sure. No, that makes perfect sense. But now we get to turn to the part that the three of you are probably waiting for. The, the chance to, uh, to tear this to yeah, shreds. Yeah. The chance to say everything that's wrong with it. And Uda, you're so lucky. You get to start first. Oh, yeah. What? What did you not like about Secret Invasions? We're gonna need another like three hours for that. No, um, no. But you have, you so have three I'm minutes. Not, <laughs> so I'm not. I'm not even gonna go into it. Um, <laughs> there, there's just there's too much to count. It's easier to say what I did like. I will say one of the things I hated the most was Rhodey being a scroll because I thought that idea was interesting back in like episode two. I loved episode two, by the way. I think it's one of the best things that like the MCU has done on Disney Plus. But it's just like the writing in episode two versus the rest of the series. To me, it's just like so much worse than the rest of the series. And so in episode two, I loved Rhodey's conversation with Nick because he was being a little bit antagonistic, but I thought that he was making very fair points. That conversation did not make me think that Rhodey was a Skrull. And then after that point, I just I feel like all the Skrulls were so sloppy. I didn't like the espionage aspects of the show because I thought that they were very poorly written and executed. None of the scrolls acted like the people they were impersonating. Both the Ross and Rhodey scrolls acted extremely aggressive and out of character. I also don't think it makes canonical sense that Rhodey was replaced in Civil War. As a fan, I hate the idea because I think it ruins all of the touching moments that he has in Endgame with Tony and Nebula. But I also just think it doesn't make any narrative sense because Gravik says very openly in this show that he only he was only radicalized like during the blip when Fury was gone. So why on earth would they have replaced an Avenger with a scroll in 2016, which was two years before he was radicalized? Or he wasn't even radicalized during the blip. It was after 2023 because Gravik was one of the scrolls collecting the Avengers DNA after the Battle of Earth. So to me, if they if Marvel tries to tell me that Rhodey has been a scroll since 2016, it's just one of the clearest examples, I think, of them breaking their own canon for cheap plot twists. Because I didn't think Rhodey being a scroll was well executed. It wasn't explored at all. We never even, like, we only see that scroll for, like, two scenes. One when she's in the shower and then one when she's dead. I just don't think it mattered. I think it'll matter in Armor Wars. And, you know, if Rhodey has missed all of this time with Tony, I'm interested in seeing how that informs his story in Armor Wars. But to me, if you're going to be replacing Avengers, we should we should like dig into that a little bit more. I feel like there's so much left on the table there and so much missed opportunity. That's fair. Isla, what are you thinking? So we've hit on a lot of the points and I'm going to focus on one thing, um, I think like today. So I think that um, Secret Invasion kind of wasted Maria Hill. 
And I think that um, she was like, so she was a badass woman. And I think that's, you know, that was very cool. And one of the coolest parts of um, like of shield of all of that. And, you know, she died fighting side by side with Nick Fury and he mourned a little bit, you know, there was that scene with her mother. Um, and you would think based on their closeness, their professional working relationship, just their friendship, that that would have been a little bit more of a motivator for him, or that would have like affected him in some way, even though he's seen so much death and it didn't. And I was disappointed by that. And I was disappointed by the death that they gave her. Okay. I can't fault either one of you for those. I mean, those are all great points. Anything to add, Anthony? Um, I I feel the same way, but about a different character, and that's going to be Talos. I'm very upset that he died in the series. Like, really, you're going to kill off these two? I was already upset about you know Maria Hill, but now you're going to follow it up with Talos in the same series. Like, not not great here. Not great here. I was I was pretty upset about it all. I um, actually want to. Are, sorry, are you done? No, go ahead. I, I wanted to comment on that because I think that the MCU has been introducing so many characters in phases four and five. And part of like the problem, I think, with these phases is there's no crossover, right? The Marvels is the biggest crossover we're getting. It's between more than two projects. And having like so little crossover since Endgame, when you're introducing three times the amount of characters... It's it's really, really hard to follow. And also, I think losing Maria Hill is such a shame because she's the perfect example of a supporting character that Marvel just stuck her in a couple scenes in a few movies and made us care about her and made her have an impact on the universe and on the Avengers. And to me, like Maria being killed off in this manner when they could have instead built on her more at the same time that the MCU is in introducing so many characters and we have no idea when they're going to show up next. To me, it just really shows kind of how far the MCU has strayed from its original path. Uday. And not in a good way. If you knew even half of what she does in the comics, you'd be furious, man. You'd be raging right now. I disagree with you, though, on the point that there are like too many new characters in these new phases and maybe we don't necessarily care about them because I think that with the Disney plus shows like for me at least Marvel has made me care about these characters like there ha there have been very character driven series like Moon Knight um you know Miss Marvel WandaVision and Loki you can talk about them all but they focused on like their their protagonists there was a journey there was growth there and I I really cared about them and found them fun to even Hawkeye found them fun to watch and this was just kind of not that it wasn't Nick Fury's story it was a mishmash I do agree with that and I just wanted to clarify I didn't mean solo characters like there are three times the number of solo characters as well now that we have Disney plus shows but I was referring more to supporting characters or even just the were, fact yeah. that even just the fact that pre endgame like pre phase four Marvel had done like the introduce brand new character in a post credit scene like shtick I think they did that maybe twice with Nick Fury and Thanos and then in phases four and five they do it with Clea, with Eros, right? Thanos' brother. Like, they're just Hercules. They're just throwing stuff at the wall. And you can't see where it's coming. And there's so much stuff coming out that, like, 
we're not picking up these threads anytime soon, right? Like we saw Kate Bishop two years ago and we have no idea when we're going to see her again. And to me, it's just, it's, it's just too much. It's been over and a year with Moon Knight. Badly. Oh, it has. Wow. And I mean, and a year is fine. Even two years is fine, right? Those are the kinds of gaps we saw in the first three phases, but you knew they were coming back. Like there was a two-year gap between Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2, but you knew Iron Man 2 was coming and no one knows if Hawkeye season two is coming. Yes, no one knows. Anyway, so um, going back to the what we didn't like, I think that y'all have valid points. I think that, I guess the question then is, at least my opinion, yes, there was there was faults, but how much was impacted by the changes that had to be made for global things? And we're not going to talk about those global things because we're keeping it light and airy, but like, obviously there were things that dictated changes. The episode links reflect that, storylines reflect that, how far do we think that goes? Anthony, what do you think? It's like going back to how many projects do we need versus how many do we have sort of thing. And and this is one like, I didn't feel like we needed it. So kind of going back to the formula, like looking at the multiverse, I'm sure Alex is probably going to listen to this and be like, oh, you foolish child. But I just don't see in any capacity where this fits into the multiverse and why we told the story to begin with. I mean, I so, think it doesn't go through, doesn't connect to the multiverse, but doesn't definitely connects to the cosmic side of the MCU. And I think that's what they were going for. They're really trying to build out each level. You know, remember those Marvel uh, articles we did two years ago where we were building out the different levels? They're trying to make each level important, not specifically each character important. And that's where this story comes from. This is no, like that's... the connect connection of the cosmic and the earth level it's like the mm -hmm. the merging of both in a way i also don't think every project in a saga needs to relate to what the saga is titled i see a lot of people complaining about that online like oh secret invasion doesn't have anything to do with the multiverse i don't think that's why secret invasion shouldn't exist i think what matters is if the project is good i, I think what the mcu used to be so good at was making good projects that built on each other and propelled the universe forward. So even though there were a lot of mixed bags in the first few phases, they still propelled the universe forward enough to kind of make up for that. And to me, projects like Secret Invasion don't do that. But I don't think it's lack of multiverse is the problem. Because um, every not every project in the Infinity Saga had an Infinity Stone. In fact, I think less than yeah. half of them related to the Infinity Stones and Thanos, but they built up the characters and that's what's more important. No, I get that. I mean, not that it has like variants or anything, but I just, I'm having a hard time seeing where this fits the overall multiverse. Like the only thing, and here we go to like one point we're probably going to talk about here in a minute. I'm sure of it. Actually, I see it somewhere on the list, but it's how OP Gaia is. So, I mean, can she just show up and kick Kang's ass like in one go? Cause like, come on now, that's stacked. Is she killable? Even though Gravik was. But is he dead too? That's another question. Yeah, he has extremis. Why couldn't he just heal that giant hole in his chest? But I think it also reasons that we don't know what's going to happen. Like when you introduce the harvest, as they call it, what kind of an effect does it have? Does it wear off over time? Because, you know, we, we don't know. We also don't know what happened with Captain America when he was 90 years old sitting there with the shield. Was he still super strong? We have no idea. And in fact, 
is that she could grow out of these powers or they could they could nuke her really easily by saying like oh the effects wore off and she only has mild powers or she could only do one at a time or i mean there's plenty of different answers that can they come up with um to answer for her being so op but she was op i mean come on she had every power under the mcu i'm gonna jump in with a question that's not on the list i'm sorry i just want to know which uh, power you guys like the most if any that she had oh that's a good question the magic was neat yeah i was gonna say yeah not not with gaia but i liked the ebony maw thing um and then, I mean, hey, Captain Marvel powers, who doesn't want to have those? That was neat, too. That was a good little section because Alex was saying that apparently Amelia Clark was one of the ones in the running to play Captain Marvel. So she finally got her moment later on in a little nod. Like, I like that. It's kind of like a little respectful, like, hey. So I do love the ice powers when she formed the ice sword and stabbed them. I thought that the was pretty blade. Dope. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I mean, there's so many. What about the Drax arm? Nobody mentioned the Drax arm of how much they I, loved it. I missed it. Like I said, I watched it on my phone, so I, I don't know. I didn't see everything that great. I but like the punch it. while she was still in fury form was really cool, though. Mm-hmm. That was really awesome. It was just like, huh, huh. And then, you know, just <laughs> flying. I'm like, oh, oh, he sent a fly. Oh, that's going like, to be. An... even knock that thing over. Like, that was just fun. That's going to be an action figure somewhere. Yes. I like the Drax arm because I feel like it's going to be a meme. I feel like people are just making fun of it right now, but then I feel like people are going to start memeing it for like when they're ready to fight somebody and they're going to send the picture <laughs> of Amelia <laughs> Clark like beefing up one arm. So <laughs> that, that's why I like it. I'm glad that we can all laugh about it. We're all laughing, right? I'm laughing. Um, You're smiling at least. Smiling I'm having a great time. This is fun, you know? This is fun for who? Um, Us? Yeah. Apparently, it says a lot about me, doesn't it? Um, okay, so then, what do we feel about? Okay, no, we're gonna skip that one. We talked about the tone. We don't need to talk about the tone anymore. Let's move on to favorite character. What's our favorite character from the whole series, new or returning? I just want to know your favorite character, Anthony. Sonia, Sonia, hands down. Like, if you didn't like Sonia, then I don't know what the hell you watch. But Sonia, goddamn it. So here's the thing. I've seen Olivia Coleman for like a longest time. I used to watch BBC America. That's how I got into Doctor Who. And then after that, there would be that peep show or that Mitchell Webb show that they would do. She used to be a recurring actress with these guys. And these guys are hilarious. So she would do comedy. So I was like, I can't wait to see her do something entirely different. And, you know, she was what, on The Crown or something? She's, she's been in other serious stuff. But I, I don't watch that. But I know she has that capability. Any comedic actor can always land really well serious roles. like. Robin Williams, Jim Carrey, think about those. So when they said she was going to be on board with this, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. And especially with the role she's playing, like top spy, like someone at the level or above Nick Fury. But the British version, like you guys know me, one of my favorite things ever is James Bond. Like this is about as close as James Bond as you can get in the MCU. And it opens up so many other things that I think we're going to talk about, like Captain Britain and who knows what else. And the, the link up with Gaia is really exciting, especially the respectful way that she went about it. She goes, we're not going to do this friend BS. Like, we're, we're this is a handshake agreement. We're using each other. Sonia, all the way. You know, you mentioned all her serious roles, but I mean, she's also in like Fleabag. 
I mean, Broadchurch is serious, but she's got a very funny, she's got like holding the family together. I mean, she can act anything. And I would also agree Sonya is definitely the best because, I mean, she wanted to be in the MCU so bad that she like approached them and was like begging to be in the MCU. And she ate that shit up. She ate it every every episode she was in. She was giving her best 110%. She was better than when she was in The Crown and she won an Emmy for that. So like, And not just that, but the connection she has with the last name Fallsworth. Absolutely. I'm here for it. Sonia, all the way. Why is it Sonia the rest of you? No, no it is totally. So for me, I figured, it's... I figured you liked Sonia. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, it's not, not hard to predict, but I know that there have been a lot of comparisons um, for Olivia Coleman and her. She had like a spyish spy role in The Night Manager, which was another um, super big series. It was, a, it was a very good spy series. Um, but she kicked ass there and she kicked ass here. And I just really love that. I think it was so much fun. And I don't know what else to say that you guys haven't already nailed. I'm think I'm sorry. I know this is totally off topic, but she could totally be the new M. Whenever they start with the new Bond series, she could be M. I would love that. She would be perfect. I'm here for it. Uday, so take us on. I've I've never seen any of these comedy roles of Olivia Coleman's. I only know her from The Crown, and I thought that she would be a serious British lady. So I, I mean, I didn't think she'd be that serious because I think you could, I think you could tell in the trailers that she was like having a little bit more fun than other people were. Um, but I still wasn't expecting that from the series, and I did really like her. I just feel like there wasn't enough of her, and so she's not my favorite character, unfortunately, just because I feel like That's I okay. didn't really get to know her. I feel like she just popped in and was great for like a couple of scenes in a few episodes. Um, but I did, I did love the concept of her being Fury's like British counterpart. And I liked that you could tell that there was a history. Like to me, Sonya slots very effortlessly into the MCU. You can tell she has a history with Fury. And I feel like she's just been running her own secret stuff on the side the whole time. But I think Vara was my favorite new character because I think she was explored a lot more. And I think um, Charlene Woodward, right? She also did an incredible job playing Vara. And I don't know, I really like that. That was one of the only people it was the only scroll, besides, I guess, graphic at the end, where we learned why they took the form of the person that they were impersonating on Earth. And so I just feel like there's so much depth to her character. And it's so interesting to think about. And for me, Sonia doesn't have that same depth because we don't really know her yet. It felt very much like an introduction to her. But I will say just on the topic of Sonia being Fury's counterpart, all I want, like all I want from the MCU is to get, if they're going to keep doing Disney Plus shows, Give me a Disney Plus show where the three leads are Fury, Sonya, and Val. I want I want American Nick Fury, I want British Nick Fury, and then I want evil Nick Fury. That's what I want to see. And if that's what Secret Invasion had been, imagining Secret Invasion as like a master chess game between those three people plus like the scrolls, I feel like that just sounds way more appealing to me. You mean as a spy show? Which it yeah. was supposed to be. Yeah. Listen, listen, we don't have to get into the negatives now. We passed those. That's done. Um, I will say that I loved all three of the new recruits, I guess. You know, Gaia, Vara, but Sonia, man. Olivia Coleman could just be in every show and I'd be so happy. It's funny that you mentioned that you saw her after Doctor Who. When she was my, I saw her Doctor Who as, that was my introduction to Olivia Coleman. Then I watched Broadchurch. 
Um, and then it kind of spiraled from there. And if you haven't seen The Favorite with um, Emma Stone, you need to because she is phenomenal in that film. In fact, I think she won an Academy Award for it. I could be wrong about that. So uh, I apologize if she you did, did. you should have. She, she stole Lady it. Gaga's. I'm kidding. She didn't steal it. She deserved it. She deserved it. I'm kidding. Don't kill me. No, no, no. Okay, so what was our least favorite character? And again, this can be returning or new. And I want to start this one off because it's probably going to be... I think I know what it is, and it's probably the same as mine. I didn't like Rhodey. I oh, thought Rhodey was... I thought Rhodey was bad in this. Like nothing against Don Cheadle. Love Don Cheadle. It, he didn't do anything for me in this performance. I felt very like calling it in almost. Like everything was very blah. And I wanted more from it. And I wanted it to mean more. And it didn't. And so maybe that's what's gonna get me, you know, mad. People are mad at me, but that's okay. Did not fit here. Rhodey was not great for me. Let's go first. Who has the big one? I'll go first. Gravik. Go ahead. Really? Yeah. Gravik was I terrible. Just, yeah, I, I just... He's not a bad villain. I just didn't really care. I'm like, oh, yeah, you got screwed over in a deal. He got played by a spy. Yeah, sorry, man. Damn. <laughs> That's fair. It's That's like fair. it's like It's like the United States government kind of has like a track record of doing that. You know, like... Mm-hmm. Well, how is he supposed to know that? He, he I, a, I know. He I know. A I'm fresh sorry. immigrant. I understand that. I'm just more. Con- I, I'm that's, way more confused thing. about the fact that I'm way more confused about the fact that the scrolls were on Earth looking for a home when Captain Marvel ended with her taking them out into space to find one. And in the entire universe, there's no home for them. Why can't they live on the moon? They're immune to radiation. Can't they just have a slightly lighter atmosphere? Just isn't it being uh, occupied were... on the other side or some shit? No, Feige, Feige has told podcast, us very clearly that. Oh, no. I, I will just say this. I think that it would be a travesty if this isn't at least talked about a little bit in the Marvels because with the fact that they're going to explore the fact that Monica felt abandoned by Captain Marvel for her and her mom, and they don't also bring up the fact that there was a whole war fought about the fact that she abandoned them, well, I think is that would be a travesty because like, I they have every right to be mad at her, just like Amaka has every right to be mad at her. Everybody should be mad at Captain Marvel. That sounds bad, but like you know what I mean. Like, why there needs to be some you kind of a- smile more? No, I don't. I don't I, think she should smile more. I think she I should be frowning that. more because of what she's done to these people. But yeah, the MCU has been establishing a very troubling trend of Captain Marvel just abandoning everybody. Absolutely. Isla, who is your least favorite character? I actually agree with you there, Brian. Um, I I thought that Rhodey didn't have, like, Don Tuchel didn't have a lot um, to, like, act with in this. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he, he did the best he could, but, you know, there, his the character just, it was funky. Um, I There was, like, no emotional connection to him. You know, he was evil suddenly, and we didn't quite see that twist as to why, and it, it you know, just felt off and out of place i will say that what's interesting about it too is that roadie up to this point has been very comical which is why it's funny to think that it wasn't roadie in endgame because he tried to simulate killing a child and laughed about it kind of you know and the the roadie in this one was just super serious super dry and i just thought that like he did his best but that scroll was just not doing it for me 
Yeah, I I do agree with that. I don't think Rhodey is one of my least favorites just because I'm so checked out of it. I'm like, okay, scroll. What was her name? Rava or whatever. I'm like, whatever you're doing, I don't care. Um, I just thought it was hilarious that, yeah, Brian, you're right. He has been comical and he's been serious when he needs to be. And I feel like he's really had those nice moments. And that's why I liked him in episode two. I liked that he had a spine and that he was standing up to Nick Fury because I thought he made good points. And then after that, it would just it was so downhill because even in the finale, he's like yelling at the president of the U.S. to like nuke Russia right now and calling other cabinet members idiots. I'm like, does that not tip off the president that that's an alien and not the person that he's been working with for presumably? Well, I mean, I guess this president wouldn't have worked with Brody for years, but but whatever. Honestly, my least favorite character. Sorry, Brian, was Gaia. Um Wow. I don't like Gaia or Gravik. Oh no. And here's the thing. I don't I don't hate Gaia. I just she's my least favorite character because I really wanted to like her and it and I I feel like it should have been so easy to make me like her, but I don't think she had an interesting character design at all. That's that's one thing that just makes it worse. I don't think she had an interesting emotional storyline. I do agree that she was kind of the only person with an arc, but killing her mom off screen, lazy, bad writing, stupid um flash like give me a flashback at least i thought her beef with gravic was poorly fleshed out like I, I think i think the concept behind her story arc was interesting i just don't think it was executed well and i just don't care about her and so people are like oh where's she gonna show up again is feige gonna drop her or is she gonna like fight kang and i honestly just could not care less like the only interesting thing about her to me is the deal that she makes with sonya at the end we and that could have been any scroll making that deal. I have so many questions about that deal, and I'm really surprised we haven't mentioned it yet because there was like an army full of pods. We, we will. We will. We're going to get to the future, I promise, because I have questions too. But let's hope that maybe in the next project she shows up and you like her a little bit more because I, maybe there just wasn't enough material to work with. That's what All I right. think. Like, I, you I don't know something. I, just, I want more. Do I know something? You know I know lots something. of things. Um, speaking Joe, of knowing when she things, shows back up, so when she shows back moon. up, Brian, when she shows back, oh, he knows about the moon. I know he knows about the moon. He's the one who told me about the moon. And so, what about these effects? Let's just talk about it quickly. We don't have to de- go into depths of it. I feel like most of the effect budget was put into that final battle. We know where that two hundred million dollars went. Um, what do we feel about the battle? What do we feel about the scrolls? What is our thoughts on these special effects? I thought they were fine. I know some people were complaining about them. I feel like Drew would have complaints with them because he is our FX guy. Um, that's not a, that's not a slight against Drew. He's just the guy that knows about FX more than me who watches The Flash on television and thinks it's great. I didn't have a problem. <laughs> Isla, what do you think? Did you did you like the effects? Yeah, they didn't bother me. I actually I thought they were fine. Um, I. You know, and you mentioned the budget, and it was what two hundred million dollars—the most expensive Marvel, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, television show yet. And I thought, um, just so I'm, you know, I have a screenwriting background. I come from um, like a, a television producing background, and I just assumed that most of that went to reshoots because, as we know, there were extensive reshoots for this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and in fact, one of the things we know that was in it that did not make it was we know that. Martin Freeman had a beard and was dressed up meeting the president and that did not make it in. There was behind the scene footage that was released. I want to say it was by Perez Hilton. I could be wrong, but he has a, he has like a, what is that called? The chin strap. 
chin strap and it's like white haired and he's dressed in a tan suit that's and he's him. going to meet the that's, president. Yeah, that's Perez. And they did not talk about that at all, but we all know it was filmed. So there we know things were filmed and just gotten rid of. You're gonna make that me like the show less. That it could pop up later. That's something that you know they in they assembled couldn't... sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> I love I love assembled for seeing that because you can sometimes clearly see what got cut. Like Baldur the Brave's dead body in Multiverse of Madness. Oh Absolutely. really? Yeah, you can see it in one of the um maybe it wasn't assembled, maybe it was a stunt video, but I thought it was in assembled where you can see it his was. body impaled on his sword. Wow, was, I didn't know yeah. that. Huh, that's cool. Uday, what about you? What do you think of the effects? I thought they were fine. I don't get why everyone thought they looked so bad. I think that Gaia with Drax's arm looks bad because it's nonsensical. You know, it's just like right. your brain is never going to think that Amelia Clark has an arm that large and that gray coming out of her not gray, smaller body, you know? Um, but I, I didn't think that they were bad. I also feel that part of it is the daylight. I think things look worse in daylight. And isn't it notoriously harder to render like effects in daylight? Because yes. you talked about the Flash a little bit, Brian. Like I thought Batman didn't look great in the daylight, but Batman always looks great at night. And so to me, like Gaia glowing, I think the effects were fine. I think the reason I don't really like the shots is that I feel like the glow would stand out better if it was at night. Um, mm. But yeah, as for the whole battle, I thought it was fine. I thought it was kind of dumb because the show had been so grounded and then it just becomes, I have every power in the universe and you have every power in the universe. And then when it was just getting going, it ended. And that doesn't mean I don't like it, though. Like, I thought it was fun. I thought it was dumb, but I thought it was fun. And I mean, at least it was fun. That's fair. What about you, Anthony? Um, The only real thought I have about it is I liked it overall. But if I think back to somebody we know, Mr. Perez said something that Free Guy did it better. And I kind of agree a little bit. That's fair. You know, they did their best. Let's just say that. I'm not saying it looks bad. I'm just saying Free Guy did it better, and I agree with sure. him. To round out then our conversation, we're going to look towards the future, and this is what Isla's been waiting for. Um, how You know, where do we think these storylines are going from here? What questions do we have? Where do we want to see these characters pop next? All of the above. Uday. We'll start with you. What you thinking? Oh, yay. So for me, last 10 minutes of Secret Invasion, most interesting part of the show and makes mm -hmm. me like the show less because I think that those concepts should have been introduced like at least halfway through. Like Ritson's whole speech should have been at least an episode seeing the effects that that had on society. I did really like Fury's line about him being a one-term president because as Isla said, we know that's true. And as someone whose most anticipated movies in the entire MCU coming down the pipeline are Captain America, Brave New World, Thunderbolts, and Armor Wars, I'm really excited to see the impact that Secret Invasion has on those. I'm going to write an article about this tonight, so hopefully it'll be out by the time this podcast airs. But I really think that Ritson's speech is going to set the stage for Captain America 4 because it was originally called New World Order, and to me, you're certainly in a new world order when people are gunning down human beings in broad daylight thinking that they're aliens. And to me, the world is just in so much chaos right now, now that that paranoia has been introduced, not knowing who to trust, that I think it's the perfect time for the government to assemble the Thunderbolts. 
I feel like Ross is going to campaign on the fact that we need new protection and he and Val are going to create the Thunderbolts to, you know, to make it seem like the government is doing something for its citizens, even if the team is being sent on like missions that aren't necessarily about protecting America's citizens. And I also think that now that Sonya and Gaia have teamed up, I think that um, Ross and Val are going to be in the market for their own superheroes, especially with the Harvest DNA out there. And I feel like that's going to lead to Red Hulk and maybe Sentry, if rumors are to be believed. Okay. Who who else has who who else has some thoughts? Anthony Shagan said no. Okay, we're gonna skip Anthony. No thoughts on the future of this. Isla, take us away. So I think Uday hit on a lot of things. Um, I'm really excited to see about the ones that had been in those like stasis pods and what they had have dealt with, right? Because I think, you know, they've gone off and lived their lives, um, except for now the the poor British prime minister who, you know, was the victim of the vigilante. Um, I'm really roadie. I um I I'm excited to see what happens with him in, in Armor Wars. I want to see like how he deals with having missed out with so much on so much stuff, right? Because we've seen characters that um that were blipped miss out on so much of of the world and life. And I'm kind of curious as to be, you know, as as what that will be for him. Um, I really liked Ritson's speech because it sets up so much, um, so much interesting political stuff going forward. Um, I think it, um, as Uday said, as I said, you know, it, it just was some of the best parts of the show. Um, and I really can't wait to see what's going on with um, Gaia and Sonia, because, you know, they have all these pods. What's in the pods? Are these soldiers? What's going on? And I would like to see their alliance and ultimately how their alliance um, is tested and probably they're at odds with each other. I am so excited for the pods. As soon as I saw those, I was like, what is that? Like, my first instinct was, are these all super scrolls? But like, how did Sonya get them? And where did they come from? And like, right there. people. Yes. Like, right there in that moment, I was like, this is what I want. And I've always wanted MI6 because of Captain Britain. I've always wanted the team. Um, I didn't know I wanted Sonya. I want Sonya. I want her in everything. Put her in every Marvel project. Make her the new Vale. Let's give her to Vale. Um, but Uday, don't give me that. No, oh, not a Vale um, hater. But I was so intrigued by that, and I love the idea of them using each other. And at the end, they can all turn on each other, anyways, because I think that's very realistic. And I think that this deal that they have is going to propel it. I think that's where we're going to see Kit Harrington pop up next. Actually, is going to be with MI6. Um, because as we know, he's probably not showing up in Blade. Orvin, I'm sorry, buddy. Mm, it's not happening. But Isn't I think Blade that makes showing perfect up sense. In Blade? He'll live. Is Blade happening? Let's uh, let's ask the serious question. Here. I seriously it's doubt it. It's been a lot of years. I doubt it. Yeah, like any kind of excitement I had for that was dead. Like at least three years ago. Wow. Died on the Blade. Anyway, sorry, bad joke. Um, I think that there's a lot of potential for what this is going to happen. Where are we going to see these characters next? I don't know. I think that the next time we see Sonia and Gaia are going to be on their in a own project, a project of their own. 
Um, though if they showed up somehow in like Thunderbolts, like Thunderbolts unexpectedly, what I was thinking, yeah, because I could um, think anything would be more realistic because that'd be like an international sort of thing. Because look at the team that you're putting together. So you have mm-hmm. Taskmaster, who's Russian. Uh, you have Guardian, who's Russian. Uh, Red Guardian, sorry. Then you have Bucky, who's American. Who else is on the team? Ghost, who's American. Yelena. Yelena, who's Russian-American, just like Natasha. Um, And Ghost was mentioned in in this finale, right? Yeah. Well, briefly on the, you know, the computer screens. And Gaia used her power. She used her powers. Yeah. Yeah. To skip that stone. Twice. Twice. Oh, twice, sorry. Um, Before she That's how forgettable the finale was. Yeah, pretty much. Um, But also, like, speaking of being in Thunderbolts, to me, like, well, the fact that the fact that po- that Secret Invasion does not have a post credit scene is shocking. Um, and also another missed opportunity. I firmly believe that the post credit scenes of both Hawkeye and Secret Invasion should have been Val, just like a tiny bit of connective tissue to make us feel like something is being built, especially for Secret Invasion. I think it would have been so perfect to see Val like reacting to the president's speech. And I don't know, like picking up a, a dossier of like, her, of her people, like U.S. agent and Yelena and whoever else she's got coming down the pipeline. Or she could have seen... been talking to a scroll and recruiting one. Mm. Imagine yeah. her with the scroll. A super scroll. I've seen people online say that the Marvels trailer was essentially the post credit scene for Secret Invasion because, you know, Fury is Fury. You know, beamed up and then we see him in the Marvels trailer, you know, on in Saber um dealing with stuff and on planet earth talking to kamala yes that's true too so i mean he's i mean clearly you can bounce up and off with saber it's not like it's super hard either so Mm -hmm. i am sorry but in my opinion it's not indicative of anything if it's that simple if it's it's a light beam yeah i also thought he was making a lot like a huge deal about leaving earth and i'm like i just i don't even know what to say to that but um but yeah i i just um, I, I don't think the Marvel's trailer really acts as a post-credit scene to Secret Invasion because I don't think it looks like it has a lot to do with Secret Invasion. I mean, even Fury's look is totally different. He looks exactly the same in the Marvels as he looks in the first three phases of the MCU. They didn't even like keep his beard or let him keep the eye patch off. So, right. and also you know, Vara. Vara should just be in the Marvels. Like, I would take the tiniest little crumbs of connection. Like I'm saying, throw Val in a post-credit scene throw vara just like at least in the background of the marvels right like why isn't she standing with fury and saber and if you haven't seen secret invasion it's just like oh hey that's fury's scroll wife make it a joke but or you could I see fury walking away from having coffee with her to go talk to somebody at, at the deck there it exactly. doesn't have to or, be huge yeah yeah who so knows if it gets delayed they might just throw it in there when everything when the strikes are over <laughs> i know this is totally kind of weird like diversion but i want to mention something because the fact that we haven't mentioned it is kind of the point is the fact that rick mason he popped up and people were confused on twitter they're like who is this guy and it's like oh yeah i already forgot who the hell he was i i think it's fair that people didn't remember him but to me that's the perfect kind of cameo i saw people on twitter saying that this is like the mcu's glup shitto moment but to me it's not because what Rick Mason isn't to me a glove shitto yeah. is someone who like, like Captain Marvel is supposed to pause and like clap. Yeah. Like Captain Marvel would be a glove shitto. Yeah. And to me, Rick Mason popping up is just like, oh haha, there's the guy from Black yeah. Widow. 
for for that kind of tiny bit role, I think it's nice to get someone we've seen before rather than some background actor. And, and it made so sense for him to get I that like cloak that and shield thing. So I mean, it, it did connect. I just it's just kind of the thing that this show made things so forgettable that like people were even confused about this dude showing up overall. I'm just mean as a series, like no, no one really talked about I, it. I think part of that though is that there was a lot edited out, and who knows what it would have been like if we would have got what we were supposed to. Though, yeah. you know, something that I want to say, though, is, you know, everyone talking about no post credit scene and how the post credit scene is like the trailer. But I'm viewing the series a little different. And maybe this might change people's opinions a little bit. I don't know. I wouldn't grab this off my shelf. This is all of the comics for the Marvel Cinematic Universe for the first 10 years. They are all the they are the um, like the prequels. What's inspiring. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are the okay. interludes and the prequels and the part ones, and they're all filling in parts in between the movies, and they're telling little stories that have no impact on anything, but it is serving as, like, introducing the story or the concepts. Yeah. I This is how I'm viewing Secret Invasion. Okay. It is the comic that they're not making anymore, because they're not making a lot of these interludes anymore. The $200 million comic. That's what I was going to say. Do we need a $200 million interlude? Especially when... I pay 200 bucks for this. <laughs> Did you pay 200 million bucks? Because where is the... Also, where's the connective tissue? Again, I do believe Secret Invasion will be referenced in the Marvels. I don't think they're going to drop it. I think, you know, the Kree-Skrull peace treaty, whatever, I think that's going to be addressed in the Marvels. And honestly, I would love it if Dar Ben in the Marvels, the villain with the accuser hammer, I would freaking love it if she was just like Ronin round two where mm-hmm. Ronan got annoyed that the Kree were making peace with Xandar and Darben is annoyed that the Kree are making peace with the Skrulls and shows she's going after Carol because she's like, why are you like taking away my like genocidal right to the universe? You know? And so I think Isn't we'll get little connections yeah. like that. I don't know. I haven't read the leaks. Um, but I don't know. I, I really... I really think that those small connections will be there. But to me, like with the amount of nothing that happened in Secret Invasion, but with the interesting concepts that were introduced, it feels like a prequel. But to me, we're not getting like the meat of the story. It's just like going to be a little side plot at most in the Marvels. And that's honestly why I feel like Captain Marvel 2 should have been like Civil War, like a mini Avengers movie and have that be the second half of Secret Invasion if they weren't going to do an Avengers Secret Invasion movie. But I also struggle with that because I really like how the Marvels is looking. And I think it's a very interesting original story. So isn't this going to be the biggest gap between Avengers movies, between the the in-game and the next one? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's like seven and, years, like the biggest gap we've had. And I do think that there's crossover coming. I've talked extensively about how I think uh about how I think Brave New World and Thunderbolts and Armor Wars, if you put them all together, I feel like they're going to be an Avengers movie with the level of crossover that happens there. Mm, probably. To me, that's not a substitute for an Avengers movie. Um, but, but I mean, let's see. And with that, I think we're running out of time. So we'd love to continue the conversation with all of you listeners. So check us out at thecosmiccircus.com or you can find us on Twitter or other social medias at My Cosmic Circus or our new Cosmic Circus podcast, which is not very new, but I'll keep toting it as new at Cosmic Podcasts. Thank you again so much for tuning into the Cosmic Circle. My name is Brian Kitson, and you can find me on Twitter at Kitson301. Thank you, 
I love for pointing out that it is not Twitter anymore. It is X. I'm sorry. On my phone, it still says Twitter, so we're going to go with it. <laughs> um, but like I said, my name is Brian Kitson, and you can find me on Twitter at Kitson301. And thank you so much for joining me, everybody. Before you can go, where can people find you? Give us your X name. My my X name would be Nightcrawler, but the, the handle I use on X is Rodova <laughs> underscore. And I refuse to refer to it as X, but I'm Isla Ruby. They're called Zeets. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm Isla Ruby. You can find me at T-U-L-I-N writes on Twitter um, and thecosmiccircus.com. Um, I'm Uday. You can find me on all major social media platforms, including X at Golden Ninja 3000. Uh, and yeah, of course, at thecosmiccircus.com, where I will be writing about the future of Secret Invasion. Thank you again, listeners. We can't wait for our next trip through the cosmos. <laughs>